letter of Paul to Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, human himself, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
said to him, Take your bill and make it eight. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of life. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into, into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful and very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, how who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, will give you what is your own. No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah. 
The other thing he did was to use the power and money at his disposal to build relationships. He is still dishonest, self-absorbed, and acting solely out of self-interest. And for that, I have to lean on something that Tony said last week about parables and the fact that we will never know the whole of what Jesus was saying in a parable. It won't all be explained. But there is one thing in this parable that seems obnoxiously clear. Jesus says that the children of light, his faithful, holy disciples, have something to learn from the shrewd manager. And it seems to be connected to money and the use of resources. Now, the disciples then, along with so many of us today, who consider ourselves to be followers of Christ, they didn't like to mix money and faith. So often in church, when we hear this particular gospel, we focus only on the lack of mind, rendering Jesus' message simplistic and one-dimensional. You cannot serve God and wealth. Got it. So I cannot serve God and wealth. That must mean that when I'm in church, I will not talk about money. I will not pray about money. I will not mess with the spiritual nature of my time in my faith community by focusing on such a tricky, complicated, and earthly topic, such as money. For me personally, this is compounded by the fact that I am a lifelong swamp Yankee New Englander. We don't talk about money outside of church either. <laughs> Unless, of course, we're talking about the money that we're not spending. I grew up in a culture of frugality, and thus I feel I have bragging rights about not having a cable bill, a data plan, or a power. But not many people have heard me admit how important Starbucks drivers are to my ability to be a sane mother of two Parsi-bound children. <laughs> because if I admitted to the importance of Starbucks driving, you would know a little bit about how I spend my money. And the seemingly unnecessary use of my money is not something that I want to call to light or talk about. And there are more serious money topics that we avoid too, aren't there? We don't talk about our fear that we might not be able to cover our mortgage payments this month or our fear of being laid off or how terrifying it is to have been laid off six months ago and still not have a solid job prospect. We don't talk about unjust global economy in that it is fed by our way of life as Americans. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about anything that might either call into question our financial choices or reveal our financial anxieties. Whether we have a lot of money or little, whether we spend it or save it or have an excess or clearly do not have enough, it is hard to talk about it. And somehow it feels ungodly to talk about it in church. The thing is, when we don't talk about money, and when we act as if it isn't a major thing in our lives, when we compartmentalize faith and money in two separate rooms in our head and our hearts, 
or the devastation to Syria. And we are moved to do something when compassion is bursting out of us and looking for a way to help alleviate the pain of the other. We pray, and often we are moved to do something more. So we send money. And we do that not as a compromise to actually being there, and not to alleviate our own survivor's guilt, but we do it as an act of faith. Because money can be sacramental when it alleviates the suffering of another, or enables the growth of another, or reaches out to another in a life-giving way. Money, in the context of our faith, can be part of a personal spiritual practice. Maybe for one prayerful hour of your work week, you dedicate the income of that hour to the work of the one who created us, to the bigger picture, to the needs of others. Money in the context of our faith can be a communal effort. Maybe we all, all of us, will give at least one dollar to our building project so that when we walk into our new parish house, Minister in it, we know we are surrounded by walls that were built by all of us together. Money in the context of our faith is sacramental. We bring the fruits of our labor here and put a bit of it in a plate and hold it up over the altar, offering it to the work of God in this place and beyond. Money in the context of our faith is something that the faith community grapples with together and supports one another in together. Maybe if you are struggling financially, you will come here and this community will help you to find the resources that you need. Money in the context of our faith is something we pray about. Whether we need it for survival or for, for doing something that's new and exciting, or for broadening the reach and the impact of our ministry. Maybe we will pray about it. Maybe we will even pray for it. Money in the context of our faith is about our relationship with God. God wants to be our primary relationship, not unlike a marriage. Now, can you imagine a marriage where money is never spoken of? Okay, that might be quite lovely, actually. But it wouldn't be realistic or functional. It wouldn't be an authentic relationship. And God wants to be in authentic relationship with each of us. God wants to be involved in all aspects of our life. And money is a significant aspect of our life, whether or not we want it to be. We need only turn to the gospel to know that money is not a taboo topic or an evil entity. In fact, it is a tool in most of our ministry. It is a necessity in many of our basic needs, and it is a blessing when it is used carefully, prayerfully, mindfully, and lovingly. We children of light may have something to learn from that true manager. Jesus wanted us to see something of value in him, something about the importance of relationships, Something about being real around money. Perhaps something about wisdom in the midst of turmoil. Maybe learn from that shrewd manager. And may that learning be something that brightens our 
guidance in building our new parish house. The hospitality, ministry, and our love of God may be nurtured through this project. Give us grace to do your will in all we undertake. We pray especially for the Terry families, Ben, Alicia, Hannah, Will, Sam, Hannah, Adnan, Nan, Elle, Jonathan, Helen, Don, Claudia, Sister Olga, Reverend Stephen, Don, Ed, Ed, Mary Lou, AJ, Barbara, Bishop Tom, Bishop Gabe, Andy, Richard, Brisbane, Jim, Molly, Raj, Jeremy, Pat, Sabina, Jacqueline, Kathy, Elizabeth, Sharon, Maggie, Edie, Ad, Liz, those without jobs, those serving in the military, and all who work for peace. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We pray for the repose of the soul of Eric Ferguson, brother of Gabriel, and Dustin Morton, nephew of Dave Wesner. Are there others? We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. And we We give thanks for the work of the society, for the increase of the ministry, and for Tom, its executive director. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others.
Conquered open table, Maynard open table, the food pantry, and the uh, veteran community table, and also the active community table. So the money is going to be local. Um, we've raised $58,000 last year. Carol Burrow is our coordinator, and her forum will be on October 13th. But we need walkers and sponsors, and I need two crossing guards. Last year I said I couldn't be a crossing guard. So they said, Ron, we made you coordinator crossing <laughs> So this is my second year. Uh, Jenny Jensen is walking in memory of Frank Bradshaw. And we're going to re-raise the most money uh, for not only departure, but for crop walk. So those who can, please support it, either through Jenny or your other sponsors. Now, how can you remember that October 20th is the crop walk? Well, it's simple. It's only six days after Google Corps' birthday. Thank you. 
Thank you. 